Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars. And Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. It's our co-host over there, Randy Griggs, coming to you live from Lot B. And Randy, as you may have heard, not so Lot B minus. Yes, I can tell the difference. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. If if you're not tuning in and seeing the perfect mic and headphones on on Robbie Raz, you should be able to tell a difference today in the sound and the bass of his voice as he now has a little more control. Indeed. We are coming to you live. Yeah. uh, I can't believe it took us. That sounds a ton better. I can't believe it took us this long to to make this happen. But uh, this is all courtesy of Randy Griggs. Thank you, Randy, for this uh, lovely little Xenix. Q mix board USB nonsense. It's got me sounding much, much cleaner. Thank you. Uh, and I'm sure all of our podcast listeners, uh, thank you as well. Because, man, when I listen to that podcast on my way into work, sometimes like I can hear you guys and Jordan will start screaming and I you know, almost get into an accident. But um, I can't like I I sounded terrible. So, <clears throat> so happy to have uh, the microphone set up. I can hear myself. It sounds good. I feel good. I feel more confident, Randy. I feel like I could take on the world. Yeah, you look it. You sound good. You look good, man. The world is your oyster. Do you like oysters? No, I won't touch an oyster. <laughs> really? I'm a I'm a texture guy. I'm all about mouthfeel, remember? <laughs> indeed, indeed you are. Uh, wow, that sounded really weird. Um, <laughs> I love oysters, and I'll eat them just mainly just to play along but i nothing out of it yeah i was thinking about that last week as uh oh you you weren't here last week last week we had abe Debabna, uh the the one and only on and he was actually having a uh an after party for his staff of sorts where they were shucking hundreds of, of oysters in celebration of their their victorious uh execution of the great smoke 2021 awesome have you ever shucked an oyster no, no, I'd, I'd end up hurting myself. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll cost. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, not a big fan. I don't know why we're talking about it. We are here. We're kicking off the second portion, uh, segment portion, Seven. round, quarter. It's not a quarter. It's a leg. It's a leg. Uh, it's a leg. Okay, the second leg. That's, but then we get into the fourth leg and it sounds weird. Anyway, we're getting into the second segment of uh, it's the fifth leg that really gets <laughs> off, the, off the rails. <laughs> uh, of, of, okay, come on, boys. Everybody focus. Let's, this is the Randy that we want. This, <laughs> this is not the Randy we deserve. But this is the Randy we want. When did Randy become a superhero just now? <laughs> oh, man, that was good. Um, so, second leg, whatever, uh, of season three, we are getting into the fruity component. Um, <clears throat> and as we've uh, kind of discussed, uh, at least 
I did in our uh, live, Randy. I don't know if you watched it. Um, did you watch it? No. Why not? Very, very busy week at work. Indeed, indeed it is. I, I've, I know all about that. Um, the fruity component is mainly coming from the beverages. So we've got a, a wine going today. We're smoking an Aladino, Connecticut. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, we'll check in with the boys back at home base, Dojo Dugout. What's going on, boys? How's everything doing? Everything's going good. We are uh, excited for this. Is this has a an interesting uh, pairing? I'm not sure how this is going to go. Like, I don't really know what to think of it. But you know me, I love trying different wines, so I'm excited to to try this. But it, on paper, I, I don't know what to think about tonight's episode. What was the wine that we did for Numero Uno? Chardonnay. Chardonnay. What, what is this again? Sauvignon Blanc. I don't know the difference, but all right. <laughs> well, as it just so happens, I'm ready to talk about the difference between oh, Chardonnay and Jordan. So <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to fill you in on that when we get around to it. But as Robbie said, I, he kind of buried the lead a little bit there. Pal. He said we we're drinking a wine. We are very specifically drinking Sauvignon Blanc with our Aladino Connecticut. Uh, Robbie, let me ask you: Did you get a chance to see Justo Eroya? Uh, uh, Smoke Night Live last week. I did not. I did not. But he is. Uh, he's a lot of fun. I um, I enjoy that guy. I, we, I told you guys this story. We did, when I was. I think I was with Sigfed at the time, at uh, IPCP. Went in to do an interview, and halfway through the interview, and this is the only time this has ever happened. Halfway through the interview, he started calling me Ron, <laughs> and it was like we were three or four minutes in, and it wasn't live. We weren't doing Facebook Live. We were just recording it, and it was like this ship had sailed. There was no coming back from it. So we just finished out the interview and uh he at the end of the interview like when i left he, he said my name right but in the middle he just started calling me ron so he could never actually use we never used the interview <laughs> and how did you feel how did you feel about that ron <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i don't expect people to know what my name is so i felt fine about it but it was just we're so we're, we're neck deep in this interview i can't stop it and say oh you're calling me by the wrong name and start over again <laughs> and his booth was busy, so I just just let it happen and moved on. But I assume that Smoke Night Live went better than that. A little did. bit, yes. yeah. No, no, it was it was a great interview. Really like candid, comfortable guy. I didn't know this. He comes from a uh, water selling background, and I've I've often told people that like. It's kind of funny. I came from the brewing side of the industry, you know, working in breweries and whatnot, and then coming over to the sales side. I learned that selling beer is actually more like selling soda or water. It, it has more in common with those industries than it does with the actual brewing of the beer. Like once you have liquid in a container, it becomes this whole nother industry of beverage sales. And uh, it's always, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. So then, then I started like listening to how he referred to things and he started explaining to Eric about how. Uh -oh. And goes in. I was like, oh, of course he's a beverage guy. Yeah, that was interesting. And and the, I mean, the history that that family has, you know, is really really cool to hear him talk about. You know how they got to where they are today and their operation. So it was a super cool interview. This they make great cigars. Uh, um, the the Aladino Connecticut that we're smoking tonight um, might not be my favorite Aladino, but almost everything that they make is just lights out. Like that's a brand you almost can't go wrong with. Agreed, agreed. All right, so 
we're, ju- we're, we're, we're doing a lot of chit-chatting here. Rob, you want to uh, set us on uh, track to get yeah, this so pairing underway? As, uh, as, as you boys mentioned, we're smoking the Aladino Connecticut. Randy and I are smoking the fancy little uh, Queen's Perfecto. It's kind of got a little going on, you know, a little. Does it, it doesn't look like much now that we've lit it, but it's just a little perfecto, nice little size. I think, it, what is it, a five and five and five, five and a quarter by 46? Six, yeah. Um, <clears throat> MSRP on these bad boys, about six, six, seven bucks. Not too bad. I pulled up this review on the Cigar Dio Doge, Dojo. Dojito. Dojo. Oh, it's it's silent J. Indeed. Or soft J. Uh, <laughs> checking out the review there. Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, uh, Honduras binder, Honduras fillers um, from the Las Lomas factory in Honduras. Uh, regular production. Uh, comes in four sizes as of the writing of this uh, review. <clears throat> Russo Toro Churchill and this fun little Queen's Perfecto that we are smoking. Uh, they may have added to the line since then. Who knows? Um Looks like this one came out in the spring of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladino seems like one of those companies, Randy, that has, I don't want to say burst onto the scene, but they've they have built up a lot of street cred really quickly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I would say, you know, I think the, um, the Corojo Gran Reserva was, or Corojo Reserva uh, was the first uh, Aladino ever smoked, and it's to, to date my favorite uh, cigar from them, and uh, and yeah, that came on. I, and I'll tell you, as a big fan of Nicaraguan tobacco, uh, it takes typically it takes like a pretty like lights out Honduran or Cuban cigar for that matter to like really like give me that sense of flavor that that i'm so uh accustomed to from from nicaragua and almost to a point where i i kind of written honduran tobaccos off as more mild than my palate um and so uh so when this came out and it was so flavorful and such a like uh or when i found this brand and found it to be so flavorful uh totally changed the way i think about honduran cigars obviously there's the exceptions that uh, I'm a huge fan of the diploma that comes from Camacho, and um, obviously the uh, Cigar Dojo did such a great collaboration with the uh, with the barrel aged Imperial Stout cigar, also from Camacho. But but yeah, it's cool kind of because uh, I learned a little bit about the Arroya family um, in general, as, uh, in the history of Camacho as they developed that, and uh, it had some cool stories I read about about you know, smuggling seeds from Cuba into Honduras. And finding just the right, um, you know, uh, microclimate to to grow them, uh, to grow Corojo specifically in Honduras, and uh, yeah, like you said, this came out in 2019. That was the first time uh, I, I was able to join you guys for IPCPR, and uh, it's obviously been well received. And hopefully, this will make a, a pretty interesting pairing. As I think Sauvignon Blanc caught a lot of our uh, our listeners off guard when when we chose that as a pairing. Yeah, I think uh, this is where we have the disclaimer about this uh, portion of season three and say that we're kind of hoping for the best. <laughs> uh, you know, there when, when we talk about, and we can get into this a bit more if we want to, about the process that we went through uh, coming up with with uh, season three. 
But when you talk about the, the different flavor components, <clears throat> there's a lot of different flavor components out there. And there's things that there are components that we could have talked about that we decided to in, um, and, and we, we decided to go with fruity. And I think at least for me, I kind of took it as a challenge to, to find, cause we don't really think of, I mean, Jordan didn't even know what Sauvignon Blanc is, so he clearly doesn't think of it, but we don't really think of, <clears throat> uh, fruity things that go well with cigars. I don't. I, and like I've said in the past, like whenever there's a, a strong fruit component in a cocktail, I tend to stray away, stay away from it. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say stay and stray. Stray. And that turned into dry. Thanks for walking us through your faux pas. Well, sure. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure everybody understood where I'm coming from. Uh, <clears throat> how it got. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to, to stay away from those. And what really changed that for me was, uh, I think, last year at TPE when uh, the boys and I, uh, Randy wasn't there, unfortunately, but uh, we met up with uh, Kevin and Barbara at uh, at Casa Fuente there in Las Vegas and had a couple of their uh, their mojitos and and man, I'll tell you that, and we're not doing mojito in this uh, in this portion of the season because we've already done it. Otherwise, we could have done it like four times and we would have had four great pairings and we would have learned nothing and we could have moved on. But um, yeah, that was the one that really opened opened my eyes to the fact that, hey, we can, it's okay if there's a fruity component in there. It's okay if there's some citrus. It's okay if there's some acid in there that's going to kind of get in there and cleanse the palate a little bit. And that was really the idea here with Sauvignon Blanc. And Randy, I know you're going to talk a bit more uh, about the wine itself, but I just wanted to go, since it's just a, a different, I mean, earthy and, and is what we did last time, which makes a ton of sense. And it's kind of obvious, uh, fruity component is just a little bit, uh, out of the box. And that's, um, just wanted to give a little bit of background on that. Oh, that's, that's a good point. And, and, you know, uh, to continue to pull back the curtain a little bit on, uh, on how we, uh, chose the different components that we'd focus on citrusy was actually one of the components uh that was under consideration we ended up going with um kind of just putting citrusy under the fruity banner and so uh so we'll, we'll definitely look to have a a citrus component as part of uh the fruity segment as we go through these four pairings well you could even say that there's i mean at least i'm getting some citrus notes out of uh out of uh, my particular wine and we'll go around the room and talk about what everybody's drinking here in a second. Um, <clears throat> or maybe we can just do that now. What the hell? We're already here. Uh, yeah. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with, uh, to, for my wife's recommendation. Now we, we do drink a lot of wine in, uh, the Robbie Raz household and uh, we tend to drink a lot of white. We tend to drink a lot of rosé. I'm a big rosé fan. Um, I don't think the rosé really qualifies as fruity though. I, I, mean, I wouldn't really consider it that. So I didn't really push for it. But I, I'll tell you what, I love me some rosé. But uh, we're going with uh, today Sauvignon Blanc from Joel Gott, mm. who I believe we've uh, featured before. We talked about Gott's Roadside, and now I want a hamburger. But uh, <clears throat> I'm telling you, if you're ever out in California and you see a Gott's Roadside, just go. Just do it. Uh, and then send me a picture. Um, <clears throat> Sauvignon Blanc, this is their 2019 uh, vintage. Um, one thing that is one of my favorite things about Sauvignon Blancs is 98% of them have a screw top. Oh, and yes. I just, I think that's great. And it's, and have we ever really talked about that? Isn't it better yeah. for micro oxidation? 
Uh, no, it's, uh, it prevents microoxidation, but which makes it a, a better closure. Like there's a several years where uh, cork, which uh, primarily grows in Portugal, was uh, highly limited. The, the cork usage was exceeding uh, new forest growth. And so we were literally trending towards, um, you know, causing cork trees to become extinct. And so it led to, uh, to a lot of synthetic corks. Uh, T-tops, screw tops, uh, a whole variety of different closures. And uh, hands down, no question, uh, screw top actually is a better closure for a bottle of wine. Cork, as, as you pointed out, it does allow microoxidation. It is porous. It does allow not only for oxidation to take place, it also allows for evaporation. Um, so if you let a bottle sit too warm for too long, the liquid will literally evaporate out through the cork um, you, you'll also, you know, if you, especially if you're laying it down, you have that contact with cork, you can get kind of a cork flavor that can, uh, you know, interfere with the, the wine flavor. And the reason that, uh, you know, just to touch on microoxidation, we've talked about that in barrel aging specifically, as it allows a very, very controlled small amount of oxygen at a time, because while it's porous, it's very, very, very tight pores. But the idea is once you get your beverage, whether you're talking about a beer, once you get it into the bottle, that should be the finished product. You're not looking for it to continue to maturate and 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 evolve and uh, and change. Now, historically, with red wines, um, you know that can happen, but that's because of the porous nature of the cork. You don't ever want that with a with a white wine, and so um, so so you're right. You, you definitely do see a lot of of screw top Sauvignon Blancs. Randy, yeah, wasn't Screwtop ever... your nickname in college? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Actually, actually, until just recently, until I started the show. Jordan, have you seen the videos? <laughs> they are disturbing, to say the least. I'll, uh, I'll text them to you. Um, <laughs> put them up on pay-per-view. I'm just kidding. There's no... It just felt like the right thing to say. Um, not that there's ever a need, Randy, to uh, reclose a bottle. Um in, in not your household. It's a commitment. We've committed to that bottle, and it will be finished. You know, guys, it's it's sort of one of those deals. I don't know about you guys, but when when normally when I go to buy wine, as soon as I see like a screw top bottle, I I Hate turn it. away from it. Right. But right. if I'm traveling, then I'm I look for them because you usually don't have your like your your wine you know your your bottle opener with you. And so, like, oh, let's find the best one that has a screw top. So, they 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 do serve their purpose on occasion, but normally I I I look down upon the the screw top wines. No, it's it's totally uh, human nature, and and you know, especially the way they were originally used was on a lower quality product. Yeah, uh, you know, sim similarly to the you know. Beer drinkers today, you know, someone Jordan's age would never remember that <laughs> like. Beer used to come in, in brown bottles, and and I worked in in the sales industry when we started getting craft breweries putting their craft high end, you know, ten dollar or six pack beers into cans. Retailers immediately were like, "What? No, craft doesn't belong in that package. That package is for Pabst and Hams and Olympia. Like like those two things don't go together. Uh, you ha you just ha have this connotation with packaging that." 
is a, a precursor indication of what you expect the quality of of what's inside it to be. And so, no, I I I, I also worked in 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 the wine industry when that whole synthetic cork uh, thing started coming up, and all these like reports were coming out illustrating that it's a better closure, and no one really cared. It's like, yeah, but traditionally, quality wine has a cork, and so I expect to see a cork. <laughs> that, that was uh, uh, it, it, it obviously never really took off. Um, because it is only in certain little subsections that uh, a screw top. But I mean, just just think. I mean, what what if Opus One or some like really high quality wine came in a bag in a box? <laughs> you, you know, it, you'd look at it and be like, no way is that a quality wine? Right? What no, about actually, boxes, Randy? Are they yeah. are they starting to become getting a little more recognition? Or are these are you still avoid the box? No, it's it's the same. It's really the same argument. You can uh, you can very much make a, a science based uh, argument that those bags, single use bags, nitrogen flushed, are a better vessel to hold and maintain the quality of a wine. But because what people are used to buying in a box is Carlos Rossi, <laughs> you're, you're, it's, it's going to be really, really tough to ever see people uh, accept that a quality wine could come in in a package they've already developed an understanding is a low quality presentation. Now, OK, you're saying it could, but do they like are there any good ones? There's some decent wines. I've never seen anybody put like something that's worth twenty plus dollars a bottle in, into a into a bag in a box. That that would be it that would be, be a disaster. <laughs> now, R Randy, I I do have a question on the box wines, real quick. I notice uh -huh. I notice that now a box wine is is typically like three and a half bottles of regular wine or something like that. Um, doesn't really matter, but. They do tend to seem like they last longer. Like if I open up a bottle of wine, I need to drink it. I usually need to drink it that I drink it that night, or at the very most, like the next night. But with a box, like I can keep it around for oh, yeah. five, six, seven days. It seems to be fine. Is are they adding something, some additives or anything, or is it just the way it's packaged that makes it last a little bit longer? It's the way it's packaged with a nitrogen flush bag. Uh, so you're just not exposing it to to the to the oxygen uh red wine uh, both wines actually white wine um, oxidizes even faster um the same oxidation characteristics that you get in beer are applicable in, in wine as well it, you get like a wet cardboard papery taste with white wines it'll even darken as some of the um the sugar components uh oxidize and so so yeah you're you're just exposing a a, a vacuum sealed uh nitrogen flushed bag there's not much uh, oxygen getting in there, you know, relative to what you're getting with a bottle when and you're forcing uh, oxygen in and there was no um, there's no gas in there kind of holding some of the empty space to stave off the oxygen. So, now, yeah, now, it's, I, it's a better closure. How about Boone's Farm? How long can Boone's Farm last in a... Boone's Farm is, is basically <laughs> like it's going to be spam, Boone's Farm, and cockroaches are all that's going to be left after the apocalypse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so if you find yourself a bunker, you're definitely going to want to stock it with plenty of Strawberry Hill would be you know, the way I would go, obviously. Uh, and, and I think I think Rob and his affinity for rosés, I think Strawberry Hill would, would uh, really align well with your palate. I'm not sure if you're you know, familiar I think it's rosé brings up all the memories of childhood when uh, I was throwing back that Strawberry Hill. Ah, 
And um, <clears throat> when you say childhood, were your parents like giving you bottles of Strawberry Hill? How did that work? You know, I was a pretty sneaky little guy. You know, uh, there was there was no uh, Strawberry Hill in the house. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That was that was not the what case. What about Mad Dog 2020? Uh, what, why why is it those two beverages <laughs> yeah. are, are like so linked in in our memories? I, I can't ever hear hear Boone's Farm and not think about Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> they're, they're tied in together. It's, and yeah. now Patrick Larkin has got me like worried about my hat. He I don't know to, why he said that. Like I I just I threw it up there, but it's like did, did you find that hat buried underneath like boxes of stuff? <laughs> like it's all. Like, come on. Man. It looks like a decent hat. Yeah, you look, actually, you it looks like you guys fine. are wearing the same hat. Yeah, I noticed that once we came on there. I was like, oh, we're very similar. <laughs> I'm, I'm better. It's just, I have a weird shadow. All right, Randy, what are you drinking, I like your Randy? Hat. Oh, that's, right. That's a story with what you're drinking, Randy. <laughs> so uh, I'll talk a little bit about Sauvignon Blanc in a minute, but uh, one of the one of the producers that have become extremely popular for uh, Sauvignon Blanc is New Zealand. This is the Cloudy Bay. This is from their uh, Marlboro farm uh, out of New Zealand, and uh, it is, uh, you know, w- one of the main reasons we chose this style uh, for for the um, for the show is this one really has a strong uh, Asian pear, kiwi, passion fruit, and white peach uh, kind of fruit components to it. So I, I thought that would well with our fruit flavors, and it also has a, a touch of white pepper. In it that I was also hoping to find a, a nice synergy with the cigar. All right, we are you? we got uh, we have the Willowbrook. Uh, this this was cool because you know what it has, Robbie. Uh, the cork was in here, but no it's a no nice touch, no uh, cap of paper or anything. You just, just see the cork. You just see the cork in there, which I thought was a cool touch. I think of that as like the craft beer equivalent so, for wine. This like, is supposed when you to be see super that, you're like, good. Oh, these guys are cool. They're down to earth. Like. They make crap stuff. This is a Sonoma County, um, Dry Creek Valley, 2019. Uh, it's a good wine, I'll say that. And I, I don't know if you guys like it, but I, I dig when they don't put the cap over it, just the cork in there. Very cool. There was plastic over that though, right? No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. So he's saying it was naked. Of course, not even clear. Pl- just naked. The, the cork was exposed. The cork was exposed. It was all the way cork. pushed into the bottle. Right. Yeah. Just had no cover and i liked it i thought it was cool interesting i've never seen that i've i've seen them like that but there's usually some some sort of covering over it no not like a plastic no wow free bird well i can i can tell you i know i speak for both robbie raz and i when i say we really enjoy taking time out each week to go on this odyssey with the audience and find incredible pairings and flavor experiences which reminds me We wouldn't be able to keep the Odyssey going without the unparalleled support of our sponsors. To keep the professional and steady hand of Robbie Raz guiding the ship, the unbounded energy and passion of Randy Griggs bringing the flavor knowledge, none of it would be possible if not for Drew Estate. We're both proud and honored to have the selection for Cigar Jojo Brand of the Year, Drew Estate, as a partner on this Odyssey. It should be no surprise that Drew Estate supports our show as they seem to be involved in every conversation in the premium cigar industry. What more could you ask for from a brand? 
from great people and, and great personalities to the most expansive cigar portfolio imaginable and some of the world's greatest cigars. You can find phenomenal Drew Estate cigars anywhere cigars are sold. Head to DrewEstate.com forward slash store locator to find the shop nearest you and experience the rebirth of cigars. One of our absolute favorite Drew Estate retailers is responsible for sponsoring all the cigars smoked here on Flavor Odyssey. Let's give a hand to Abe DeBabna and smoke in. You will never have a bad experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff and over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Drop by any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or visit them online at smokein.com. Wow. wow. Okay, the best comment. Scott, was it Scott Brie? Brie Brie Braband. He says, I feel like he's calling a horse race. <laughs> There he is. Absolutely. Nice. Butchering your last name, but that was just amazing. All like right. That was that was sublime, my friend. That was. I, was like, I love that the one, energy. Uh, I love the energy. I'll give that one a uh, five out of ten. Oh, Jordan. I, did, I didn't oh, wow. like that read. Jordan. I, Randy. <laughs> no, Randy. The energy alone gives you an eight. Just the energy alone. Gives you Jordan an eight. Jordan doesn't like anything. That's, that's my rating. Good. No, yeah. You guys don't like you. Throw out your ratings. Off. Jordan, he's, he's a he's a harsh critic. He is. It's clear. And just it's a clear. jerk. Thank you, Randy. All right. So, uh, so oh, Rob, should I get into Sauvignon Blanc? We've talked a little bit about the cigar already. Um, what do you think? Yeah, let's let's get into it. Tell me about the uh, the t- tell me the story, Randy. Uh, Bill ah. Power. Nine point nine. Oh, oh we, we got an eleven. It's like, oh, wow. it's like it's like eighty four, and uh, and Jordan is the Russian judge. You know, <laughs> like, everybody's nine, 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 four. <laughs> uh, well, Sauvignon Blanc is uh, became popular in the uh, in the Bordeaux region of France, which is uh, most notably known for its Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, uh, Sauvignon actually means wild, so so it trans Sauvignon Blanc translates <laughs> to wild Randy looks. white. I was wondering if you guys see the same thing. Why does my face? Oh, he's all he's all he's all JPEGed out. Randy's going white face. He's all compressioned out. That's right. Just keep going. Oh, there you go. There we go. There, I got it. I got it. Um, so it, uh, Sauvignon Blanc is a very is known to be a very fruity wine. Uh, one of the things that uh, that it, it brings to the table, it's very acidic. It's known to be very dry as well. Those are the kind of key uh, qualifiers of, of what Sauvignon Blanc is, is known for. And the flavors range from lime to green apple to guava to peach, as I said. Um, so very, very fruit forward. Uh, that fruitiness gives kind of a sense of sweetness, even though it's very dry. And so we talk about this uh, a lot when we're talking about beers, is that when you taste caramel, your brain tells you this must be sweet because I'm getting a caramel flavor, even though sweetness is actually a measurement of residual sugar. And so uh, your residual sugar, whether it's sweet or dry, really refers more to the body and the texture of the, of the beverage on your palate. So the sweeter it is, the thicker it is, the more viscous it is, the more kind of sticky it, it is on your palate. But when you get those, uh, those, 
flavors like caramel or like peaches and guava, your mind immediately thinks sweet. And so to me, uh, this has great body. The, the, the Cloudy Bay that I'm drinking does have uh, a, a very slight viscous kind of body to it. But um, but it comes off as sweeter than that because of all, all this fruit that I'm picking up on. Um, the other thing that uh, that Sauvignon Blanc is mo is really unique for is it's known to have this herbaceous quality that can sometimes come out as bell pepper, jalapeno, gooseberry, or grass, um, and that's really unique to, to Sauvignon Blanc. And, and you know something we were talking about before the show, how a Sauvignon Blanc differs from a Chardonnay. It's probably a pretty relevant conversation as they're the two most popular white wines uh, in existence, and so. Uh, a Chardonnay is known for having a lot more body, so this is lighter, more delicate on the palate. It's much more fruit forward. Um, it has that herbaceous quality. And then Chardonnays are virtually always oak-aged, so you always get that oaky, buttery, vanilla uh, note out of a Chardonnay as well that is typically going to be um, uh, omitted when you're drinking a, 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 a Sauvignon Blanc, uh, <laughs> even though, sorry, I saw, I saw, uh, I saw Larkin down there. Sorry, guys. He, he distracted me. Um, no, the, um, so Sauvignon Blanc can be put in barrels. Very small uh, amount of production is, is barrel aged where Chardonnay is the opposite. Almost all Chardonnay is barrel aged. Um, and so, uh, like you said, it, it was popularized in France, came to America, really, really um, large production here in California in the Sonoma and Napa regions. And then uh, New Zealand has come on the scene really strong with this grape as well. And uh, they do a, a large uh, production of, uh, of the world's Sauvignon Blanc as well. Yeah, I like uh, some of the ones that come out of New Zealand, mm -hmm. Randy, because they have that that kind of green peppery kind of flavor. I dig that. And sometimes it, it almost seems like it's a bit of an off flavor. And I think, I mean, it's kind of considered an off flavor, I think for some other styles of wine. Sure. Uh, but in this, I kind of dig that herbaceousness. Um, and so you can, like, like you were saying, you can get a, you can get a Chardonnay, like an Oak aged Chardonnay or a steel aged Chardonnay, and they're going to taste very different. It's, it's the same grape, but I mean, the process is a little bit different, right? But with these, uh, with Sauvignon Blancs, you can go on both en both ends of the spectrum as well. Same thing with Zin. You can go with something that's a bit more, you get a bit more jammy kind of quality, or you can get that spicy quality. Right, Which, right. I, I, I dig that, how you can, it's it's mainly the same grape, but it can, it provides a different experience. I mean, it's very similar to tobacco. Like you can have a, a, a Nicaraguan puro that's going to taste like, black pepper and it's going to like Esteli or you can get something from Jalapa that's going to be softer and sweeter. It's uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I dig the, the versatility in, inside the same, uh, inside the same uh, style. Yeah, no, that, it, those, those are great points. It's, it's one of those things that that's why it's so fun to talk about beer, wine and, and tobacco is terroir and their and their environment have such a huge difference where you can take the same varietal of any of those things whether you're talking about hops whether you're talking about grape uh, grapes or uh, tobacco you can take the exact same family you know the same seeds and grow it you know in another and you could easily say on another part of the planet but to your point about Nicaragua you can just go to a different region where the where the soil's a little different and come out with a completely different flavor profile I gotta say, I don't, I don't know, 
I'd love to hear from you guys because it's so frequently that we read about the flavor profile of a beverage or of a cigar. And, you know, when you read about it, it leaves you, it's, it's human nature. You know, it leaves you looking for it, right? If you read that there's black pepper in this cigar, you go into it searching for the black pepper. And it's pretty frequent that for something as um, delicate, let's say, as a white wine, it wouldn't have surprised me at all not to pick up peaches or not to pick up certain elements. But I'll tell you, while I get big, big fruity peach and guava, while I'm like actually taking the drink, as soon as I breathe out, I distinctly get bell pepper and jalapeno kind of in the retro hail for all for lack of a better term are you guys getting that can you are you depicting that that uh, kind of bell pepper and herbaceous note uh I, i'm i'm not not in 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 mine um i've i do get that like i said in some of the some of the <clears throat> uh wines from new zealand I, I tend to actually look for those my wife doesn't really like them <clears throat> excuse me so she tends to buy all the white wine and doesn't let me buy it because she doesn't like what I like, so that's fine. <laughs> with with mine, I <clears throat> it's very. I, I beg your pardon. Give, give me one second here. I will say, oh. Randy, while while uh, Robbie clears yeah. his throat, I get what you're saying about yeah. the green pepper or the bell pepper. Mm-hmm. I get that yeah. sort of flavor, and I, I to- sometimes I can't describe that flavor very well, and I don't totally understand that flavor very well. But I, I see what you're saying on the bell pepper type of, of flavor. You get the fruit, and then you breathe out, and you get this oh. odd note that is like... Totally. I, I, how do you describe that flavor? I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I do understand what you're saying. And I oh. would say that I think that this particular wine, maybe with um, a salad or with... Mm. Uh, some fish, commenters like that, yeah, a, a very a very light fish of some sort, um, might be just the the perfect pairing. Um, I don't know how I f- I'm not gonna s- give a thumbs up or thumbs down yet, but I I don't know how I feel about this with cigars yet. But I do like how you just described it, Randy, because I think that you hit upon something that I I was trying to describe in my mind, and and when you said that, that's exactly what I got. Yeah, no, I, I don't even think that I, I would have been able to pinpoint uh, bell pepper again because I was looking for, like, is there really going to be bell pepper in this thing? I took my first drink. I was like, no, of course there's not. And then as I took a couple more sips and I'm breathing out, I'm like, okay, that is bell pepper. That's exactly the, the, the right descriptor for that. Um, and and, and I, I'd, I'd say, unfortunately, it's not it's not carrying that white pepper uh, that I'd read that it might have that I, I was uh, really hoping to find in there. But um, that, that being, you know, I'm glad that Eric picked up on what the heck you were doing when you said, excuse me for a minute. I thought you were about to say something. I didn't realize you were clearing your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what, what's, what's happening? Is he going to cry? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> having a moment, and I didn't want uh, you all to experience it because, Randy, I am a professional. Oh. And, uh, well, I've, I, I, I'm so happy to have this microphone back. I, I feel like a new man with <laughs> having, I, I, it's just, I just feel so good. I want to play some late night jazz and talk to you about the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in all night for the Robbie Raz and the Jazz Hour. Exactly. Um, so, I, you know, it's funny. You call it a, a, a bell pepper or whatever. I Like to me, it's, it's more of like the, I do get like a bell pepper type of vibe and not specifically from this wine, but I've, I've gotten it in the past, but it's 
it's just fresh cut herbs. It, it's not necessarily like one thing or the other. And whatever that makes you think of, it can sometimes it's it can be cilantro type of flavor, or it could be you know whatever a, a parsley or something like that. But like it's you're in there like when Eric said talking about a salad, like you're in there, you're chopping up herbs or something, and you a, a fresh cut of some kind of green vegetable is uh, is that that flavor that I get, and I really dig that. I don't always want it, but <clears throat> Sometimes that's really, really present, especially in those New Zealand wines, and, and I do dig that. Uh, mine is much more fruit forward. I, I shouldn't say fruit forward. It's much, uh, much more fruit on the on the uh, the palate. Um, when I was tasting it, I got a lot of white peach, um, and uh, not not super, not super um, sweet. More of like a lime kind of lime pith, you know, where it's got it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Where it's yeah. it's not really that lime flavor, but that's kind of got that texture to it, a little bit of bitterness. Uh, but it, it's it's a very very crisp. Uh, it doesn't linger on the palate much at all. I don't get a lot of sweetness out of this really. Right, right. Uh, when when there when you when you have that sweetness or perceived sweetness, like you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, that to me it falls into the hot tub wine category. Uh, that's what my wife calls them. Those are hot tub wines. Like it's it's like you could just drink it and you're just having a good time. You're you're drinking out of red solo cups. You're in the hot tub and you're. <laughs> It's yeah. a bit. It's a bit like um, if if people aren't doing this right now, drinking it right now. But just imagine if you were having champagne, but it didn't have bubbles. Like, mm. It's a lot like champagne without bubbles. A bit. It is a bit. It's. It almost to me tastes like uh, if you had like a a vodka cocktail that had a lot of lime in it or a lot of lemon, and you let it water down for a couple hours and you came back to it later it's like that well you just you just hit on something that we really haven't said much because none of us use you said lime pith but but acidity again is a big part of the uh, of this uh grape varietal which really brightness it's if nothing else it's great at cutting through flavor kind of refreshing the palate um i think it's definitely got those qualities uh hands down so here's the deal we we didn't discuss this in advance but it's almost like we gave each other like we were like a steel second kind of sign how we've avoided talking about this pairing until, you know, this point of the show. So <laughs> we should just kind of get into the pairing and yep. uh, address the elephant in the room. Um, I'll start and I'll say that the uh, intensity is probably pretty good. Mm. Intensity of flavor, I think, on both sides is is fine. Um Flavor hook, there isn't one. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no flavor hook for me. Randy, are you experiencing anything different than that? Um, only in that I don't even think the intensity lines up that well. Uh, it's the, the cigar is very, very mild. You know, I, I think we've Super probably, yeah, yeah, we've talked about that on on the show. Is like so often now we go to Connecticut's and you don't even bother saying amped up Connecticut anymore because every Connecticut that we smoke has some, has either a Lajero leaf in the filler or, or a Maduro binder. You know, so, so many of the Connecticut's that, that we gravitate towards really are like a, a lot more beefy than um, those of yesteryear, if you will. Uh, this is a very, very mild cigar. It's It's got nice flavor. I definitely get like a nice breadiness. 
but everything is very muted. Everything's just very, very, very subdued flavor. Uh, easy smoker. There's absolutely nothing offensive about the cigar. Like it's 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 a good cigar. It's just so mild for me for the for the specific one that I'm drinking. The acidity and fruit character is quite um, is quite intense actually, and so I taste nothing but the wine and you know i've still got smoke in my mouth and i can't taste the, the cigar anymore uh so so i feel like the the wine's totally running over any any lingering uh uh you know enjoyable flavors from the cigar and then to your point there's just no flavor hook at all as i said i i was really hoping to have uh that that white pepper note uh, resonate between the two and uh that just didn't happen with uh my selection i'm getting a bit of a kind of residual grassiness uh, from the cigar and also I think from the wine if I really wanted to reach and, uh, and and apologize for the pairing I would say that I would find that as a as a flavor hook but that's that's uh, just not the case the cigar Randy we intentionally picked this as <clears throat> as, a, as a very mild cigar we knew this was mild we, we knew this going in and um, that was I think that was the intention what I will say is if we had a Chardonnay, I think this would be lights out. You know, I think it would it would really settle into that same place where we had that numero uno. I'm not comparing the two cigars; they're, they're yeah. similar in the sense that they both have Connecticut wrappers, but beyond that, not. But yeah. I, I think we would find a, a, a significantly better experience if we were going with a Chardonnay. Um, yeah, so, I think the acidity is a big part of of why this is a miss. Yeah, it, I agree. It it's the acidity, and this when when I was saying this, and this is why I kind of went on that little uh, uh, tangent earlier about how um, having acidity and uh, citrus in a cocktail always frightened me, uh, as far as pairings are concerned. This is why, is that it, this is just, and and I'm I'm coming around to you like the the, the it's it's almost overpowering the cigar because oh. I'm I'm just not tasting it quite as much anymore. I I, I was thinking that the the that we were kind of spot on with the intensity, but now I'm coming around to, to what you were saying. I think you're absolutely correct. It's, that acidity really does just kind of run it over, and it just washes everything out. And the only thing that I can kind of taste after having a sip of the wine is like dirty ashtray in my mouth. Ooh. And I don't want that. No, that's not a descriptor you ever want to use. <laughs> so so obviously, you know, I think we, we bear the lead, lead again. Down. So that's a thumbs down for, for me, thumbs down for Rob, Jordan, if you... There you go. Uh, how about you guys back in, in Colorado? Do you have a different experience? No, I mean, you guys are spot on as usual. You guys are, that's why you guys are the experts here. This cigar needs a coffee with cream and sugar. I mean, it needs yeah. a coffee with cream and sugar because, like, they say, like, you know, everybody says, like, oh, this is not your father's Connecticut. Well, this is your father's Connecticut. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's super mild, grassy flavor. It needs some sweetness to go along with it to, to make you appreciate the combination. This particular combination doesn't work well. I'm trying to think in my mind, Jordan, what combination be my- would be good with this particular wine. And I'm I'm sort of having a hard time, Jordan. What are well, your What are your thoughts? I, I, I've, the wine is so unfamiliar to me that like I at first was like, just like trying to find my bearings. Like I don't know what I'm even, what I'm even getting here. Like, it started out to me very uh, tart. Like I was almost thinking of like lambic style beer or something like that. Mm, um, yeah. 
And then, at, but as I started to drink the wine, it did it did sort of open up and get into like the more fruity, sweeter kind of profile to it. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, with the cigar, like you said, it was it, this is your grandfather's cigar. It's very bitter forward. Like if you were going to pinpoint a spot on your palate that hits first, it's it's bitterness, like that sort of hay kind of flavor with a, with a bitter texture and a, a dry texture, I should say. Uh, and I would almost. I could see a citrus actually adding to this, but it's not like a sweet citrus. It's it's a tart citrus, so it and it just kind of overpowers it. I don't really. There's no nothing no, like you said. There's no uh, there's no hook really. Um, you kind of you you basically just explained our thought process going into this. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to go. We we thought that, and, and frankly, it's because I read your review, Jordan. Very well written, by the way. Thank you. Um, where I thought that a, a fruity component would work well here, mm-hmm. and. And I think maybe it would if it were more like a Seven Up, mm. right? You know what I mean? Some and sweetness. It, it, Give us some sweetness. Right. Yeah, right. it's got a little bit, or or just maybe even, um, you know, mojito, like we've talked about. Or, yeah. Well, or, well, it's it's funny because you you mentioned the the mojito twice on the show here. It got me to thinking. I wonder how a Sauvignon Blanc would go with a Cameroon wrapped cigar, mm. uh, just be, because it's something that we've already validated that citrus and Cameroon have uh, have some flavor, you, you know, comparisons. Not to not to say that a Sauvignon Blanc tastes a whole lot like a mojito, um, but but I, I'm so focused on, on the acid uh, being uh, kind of the the obstacle, the thing that's not working here. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure that out. Eric seems to be enjoying it though. He's going hey, for another. I, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let wine go to waste, <laughs> Robbie. I mean, you know, I gotta saying. drink some. I gotta Jesus. drink it. But uh, yeah, thumb, will, thumbs down for me. Thumbs down for me. Yeah, it's all the way around. I would assume. Um, and you know, it, it took me like I never really knew how to drink white wine. My wife really introduced me to white wine. Uh, I have uh, half of my family is Italian, so I've been drinking red wine since I was born. But uh, white wine was uh, relatively new to me, and um, my wife is a big fan of Sauvignon Blanc. So it's to me, this is like this is like second nature now. I can I I find myself looking for for Sauvignon Blanc. I've gone through half of this bottle myself during the show. So um, I I just take for granted that everybody else drinks Sauvignon Blanc like I do. Maybe they don't. No well, one. Drinks they don't like you do. No. I I think that I think uh, now Robbie I have the same background as you. I'm half Italian, so like red wine to me, and wine in general I love it, and I think it's a great pairing with cigars, and I think it's an underrated pairing with cigars. This particular one with this particular cigar um, doesn't do, doesn't do it at all. In fact, and, and believe me when I say when I, I'm about to say what I say, it's going to sound harsh, but I don't mean it that way. This is my least favorite Aladino, but when I say that, I have to say Aladino is one of my most favorite brands. It is one of my most favorite brands. The Cameroon, the La, in the Lonsdale format, the obviously the Corojo, um, the Habano. Every, I love Aladino. I, it's it is one of the best brands of cigars that you can get your hands on. This particular one. Not my favorite. I'll tell you what. If we were drinking uh, iced, creamed coffee with the the cream that Randy makes, and like if Randy brought us all, <laughs> is that a soundbite? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to get past it. So, if if we were drinking that and we were smoking the cigar, we would be singing this cigar to the 
husbands. Sure. Because that would be an absolutely perfect pairing. I think the cigar is is good for what it is. This cigar fits a very specific um, segment of the the cigar smoking group of people. I don't know. Uh, demographic. Let's put it that way. This it's it's very very mild. It's got a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of hay. There's kind of a nougaty thing happening there. There's a little bit of toast without butter. It's not buttered toast. It's just more of a maybe toast, maybe a little toasted sourdough. I know that I'm pulling stuff from your review, Jordan, but maybe, I think you uh, Maybe sage? Anybody getting sage? Oh, I see. I see sage. Yeah, I could, I, I, I could see that. I, I, it didn't pop into my head. But, uh, yeah, I could, I could see that happening. But well, well, just to address real quickly... Uh, I almost wonder, sorry, Randy, I don't mean to talk over you. I almost wonder if this would be better with like a gin-based cocktail. Oh, I, mean, I could see that. Just oh. gin, because it's you get those botanicals, Eric, that we really like to talk about, and uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, maybe there's something there too. Randy, I would rack my brain trying to come up with a cigar that would pair with this wine. And you said a Cameroon wrapped. I mean, maybe we could go with acid. Uh, with I'm, a gonna, I'm gonna get a Fuente out of this Friday and see how it works. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's that's the place to go. Maybe it just doesn't work, and that's that's an option. Maybe. No. Well, I, I just wanted to address uh, our, our good friends, uh, our good friend Patrick Larkin asked about a Tokaji wine. Yeah, what is that? Uh, that that's a Hungarian wine that's uh, made up of, of a variety of different white uh, grapes, but it's more on the line of a of a dessert wine. So. Um, I think you're, you're going too far with sweetness on that one, Patrick. I think a certain level of sweetness, is, is, as Robbie was talking about, I agree with. I think going uh, sweeter than Chardonnay is is going to, again, overpower this cigar as as it's a little bit too light to carry a, a dessert wine. Just off the cuff, I'm, I'm guessing that would be too much. So you're, you're, when you say dessert wine, I mean, you're like a Sauternes or like an ice vine or something like that. I mean, you're getting a lot of sugar content in that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right, basically right. giving Patrick Larkin the Larkin. The Larkin. The, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the, your, your pairing skills there, pal. The Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like since he's got, like, we should have, Patrick should be our guest on one of our wild concerts. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what we would talk about, but we should just have him on. <laughs> talk about him all the time. He could just See, flip, he could just just, flip us off just the, the entire show. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. No talking. He, he, he can talk. He can talk. St. Dupont. You know, he's a certified uh, uh, retailer of St. Dupont, as well as a few other brands. I think he's a Lotus distributor as well. He's a big watch guy, and and, uh, and oh, he is a big watch guy. And Tootsie Pops. He, he's all about. Yeah, what is that about? All right, he, let's. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it is. He he said something about like you sound like somebody who's only had blue Tootsie Pops. And that was—I didn't get the joke, Patrick. I didn't get the joke, man. Is it? But, are they blue or are they purple? I've never really been able to tell. It's, it's I, such a. I know, but they're delicious. And and so, like a couple a couple days later, he sends me a a text message or a Facebook message, and it's like, "Hey, did you get your prize yet?" And he's like, "No, I didn't get anything." And there was this box. This was right around Christmas, and there was a box that had arrived, and I thought maybe it was something I bought for my wife, so I just put it in my office, and I didn't open it. And then I realized, oh, crap, this was from Patrick. So I opened it up, and it's a gigantic box of Tootsie Pops. And I realized how much I freaking love Tootsie Pops. They're so good. <laughs> Why is it I haven't got any of these Tootsie Pops? What's going on with you guys? Bring some on. Well, I'll have, instead of cigars, we'll have suckers on Sunday. 
Randy, yeah, that that would be a wild card right there. Very excited. Um, anyway, so Randy, what do we have? Uh, so all thumbs down. Apologies. I I'm I'm much more excited about the rest of this season than I was about this episode. But I was curious. I thought maybe we could find like lightning in a bottle and 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 find something that worked. Um, but uh, let us know, Randy, what we got next week. Well, I'll tell you, you'll get no apologies from me. I thought this was a lot of fun. You know, I, I feel like I've learned a little bit about uh, how acid interacts. Um, this or, or, or acidic uh, beverages work with uh, lighter cigars. But that being said, uh, next week we are going to be highlighting one of the Cigar of the Year selections for 2020 in the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi. We will be pairing the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi with a hazy IPA. This is uh, a style of beer that you be able to find locally. Whatever local uh, craft brewery you have nearby, go grab a hazy IPA from them and join us for the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi pairing. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. You selected your hazy IPA. Are we going to be more specific than that? Are we going to go with a specific hop bill? I was going to say hazy, and there's hazy, and then there's juicy, and Here. then there's juicy hazy. There he is. And Here then he goes. Here, goes. Here goes Jordan. <laughs> we'll get it. Here goes Jordan. Don't, I, I feel like uh, it should I, be a, a New England style. Can someone mute his microphone? <laughs> Unfortunately, he's the only one with the power to mute other microphones. And Jordan, you are actually correct. It should probably be, Randy, we should go with maybe the untapped uh, style guide and go with, uh, <clears throat> with New England IPA. But you guys understand what we're talking about. I mean, we're, we're not being uh, dogmatic when it comes to the, uh, the styles here. We can be occasionally, but... Uh, uh, right now, we're just going to go with a pretty simple, hazy, East Coast, Northeast, New England, Vermont-style hazy IPA, um, whatever. Looking for so- something turbid, high-protein, uh, high proportions of high-protein uh, grist, and a, a tropical fruit hop aroma and flavor. Those, those, those AKA are, those are the New England style IPA. <laughs> AKA hazy IPA. <laughs> is, is there any IPA specific- could be hazy? A West Coast could be hazy if you put some haze in it. Okay, let's move. Uh, Randy, is- <laughs> Jordan, you are you're poking Mama Bear and you're kicking the best. It's the whole things you're doing. Pick your please. Uh, let's move on uh, because we only have a few minutes left. Uh, Randy, is there a specific hop that you look for? In uh, hazy IPAs that you you thoroughly enjoy, uh, Strata, Idaho Seven, uh, Cashmere. Um, That's the, an interesting choice. Yeah, the, the, those are those are all ones that uh, like Galaxy is another. You know, it's funny you mentioned two of my favorite hops that I really prefer in West Coast style IPAs: Strata and Galaxy. We'll see, and that that goes, and, and you know, next week we will talk about and debunk uh, Jordan's misinformation, <laughs> and talk a little bit about the difference between a juicy IPA and a hazy IPA, um, as as there is some confusion, as uh, you know, those hops that we're talking about that we both gravitate t- towards, Rob, whether you, it's found in the West Coast or a hazy IPA, they bring a very juicy and fruit. Uh, forward component to them, and so so they're they're not you know they're not bound by a, a, an individual style. You know you can make a blonde ale or an American uh, wheat ale that has this juicy and fruity component, 
And so, um, but you know, you know, just uh, one more reason to tune in and, and have us explain why Jordan's wrong again. Uh, just from the way you're talking right now, I get the sense that I'm right. <laughs> Man, you speak for your entire generation. Buddy. Jordan, Jordan is going to be so fired up next week. I cannot uh, and I, wait. And Randy, I cannot wait for this episode. It, Randy, Randy's knowledge of beer is like this, and mine's like this. But just, I still know that I'm right. <laughs> Just because he's uh, he's Randy's stubborn and he's a West Coastern, <laughs> and that's all you need to know. I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna send out a bunch of packet little packets of hops to to Dojo headquarters for next week, so they can smell through them and have a better understanding of what the hops are actually uh, bringing to the equation from a flavor and, and, and aroma uh, components. I already, I, I, already, I, totally, I already know I, I, totally I already know agree. that we're gonna have juicy bits that night. That's what oh, I, that's ooh. what I'm having. It's in the yes. name. That's that, that's good beer. That's yeah. good beer. I will, uh, Randy. I'll probably be having uh, a, a beer from uh, the the brewery that I work for called uh, Fieldwork Brewing out here in Berkeley, California. We have seven locations in the Greater Bay Area. Come check Jesus. us out. <laughs> but if, you, if you're located in California, you can buy Fieldwork <laughs> beer online right now. Tell them the URL, Rob. Shop.fieldwithbrewing.com. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and that's real talk. You should check them out. They're 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 exactly. one of the nobody's out here. Nobody's out there. Us, but uh, no, we we make really good beer. Uh, hey, uh, our, our hazy IPAs. I'll tell you what, they are very very good. I'm yeah, look- I think I'm going to be drinking a, a, a fieldwork beer next week too. So you should pick one out for me. That's not the Absolutely. one you're drinking. And, and you're going to be drinking some on Sunday when we golf. Um, oh. did, did you say the cigar that we're smoking? Uh, yeah, the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi, which was I'm I'm sorry I don't have in front of me Jordan Eric number ten on the cigar of the year list. That's right, that's correct. Number ten. Yeah, yeah. Alec and Bradley, they're doing some cool stuff. Yeah, so I have. Yeah, I haven't smoked this cigar yet, Randy. Do I have the cigar in my possession? You do. Perfect. That is awesome. Out of uh, our good friends at Smoke In, uh, so thank you for uh, for providing those. Uh, double dip. Um, who is, uh, boys, what's happening on Friday on Smoke Night Live? So on Friday, we have none other than the uh, boutique, you know, Mount Rushmore, Ernesto Perez Carrillo. I mean, let's, oh, let's face it. Get like, out uh, of here. It's going to be amazing. You've got to tune in Friday to see Ernesto on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about their family history, but... Get this, guys. Not only was did he get the number one cigar of the year on Cigar Aficionado, but also on the dojo. In- incredible with the pledge. Won both of those. So uh, think about this. La Historia, number two cigar of the year for Cigar Aficionado. Encore, number one on Cigar Aficionado. Pledge, number one on Cigar Aficionado and dojo. What an incredible four or five years this guy has yeah. had. So we're going to talk to Ernesto about that. He's literally, I mean, out of all the legends that we've had on the show recently and all the stories that we've had on the show recently, none bigger than Ernesto. Oh. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an exciting one. He's such, such a cool dude. Like we, Randy, I think you and I interviewed him, right? Yeah, yeah. The first interview I ever held a camera for you uh, was, uh, it was Jose Blanco and, and Ernesto Perez Carrillo. I've, someday we'll pull back the curtain and, and, and talk about that morning, but we haven't, uh, I haven't had it up yet, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and, uh, he's, he's blended some of the cigars that for other, for other brands that, uh, four kicks and, and a lot of stuff for crown heads and, 
and uh, and a lot of that. So that's that's very very cool. That will be a lot of fun. Randy, I think I'll let the cat out of the bag a little bit. We are actually featuring that cigar later this season. We are. That's going to be. Uh... Um, no, that's going to be the week after next, actually. We're going to be smoking the pledge. Uh, quick reminder and shout out to our sponsor, Smoke In. While those are extremely limited and tough to find right now, you can still get EPC pledge if you buy the Cigar Dojo Cigar of the Year sampler pack on smokein.com. I, th- I think it's sold out. Oh, oh, burn. I think wow. it's sold out. Oh. You just leave me out. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, it just shows you how quickly things change. I think earlier today it was available, and yeah. now it's sold. You can you can check you can check it. Sometimes they they find some, and then they'll put some more together. But earlier in the week, yeah, it, it was sold out. Yeah, no, I, I know I, I have seen some uh, out there on on uh, in in online retail world. There's limits on them because the demand is so high, and I'm sure there's they're still dealing with. Uh, getting cigars into the country uh, easily, and so I'm sure there's a, a fulfillment limitation. Well, it's funny because uh, uh, Korea's usually done a really good job, like with that encore. I mean, he had new cigars, you, you know, uh, hitting the the shores weeks later. So, uh, so I'm sure they'll they'll get right with Pledge. It is a fantastic cigar. Looking forward to hearing from from him this week on Smoke Night Live, and uh, looking forward to smoking that cigar next week with you guys. Me too. I haven't smoked that one yet. I'm excited. Looking forward to that one. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and uh, and riding along with us on this pairing. Um, I think we're we we're only going to go uphill from here, Randy. This week, this uh, this portion of season three. I'm really looking forward to next week. I, I have IPAs are tough, but I have uh, I'm feeling pretty good based on the flavor components of next week's cigar and an IPA, a hazy IPA. So it's I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. See you guys next week, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Odyssey will continue. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next week as the Odyssey continues.